And we're back again with another hockey podcast. Uh, yesterday, unfortunately, we did miss Sunderchievers wise. Um, and truthfully, even if we did, if it was just Steph and I, we probably would have just been a hockey podcast anyways. Because for that 100th episode, I want all three of us on. So. Exactly. These are the facts. Yes. Also, Jeffrey, did you look in the <clears> background? <throat> Do you see something just over my shoulder here? Right here? Look very yeah, closely. I, I see it. Yep. Yep. It finally yeah, arrived, people. Too. It finally arrived a year later, but it's here. Almost a year and a half. Yeah, it's here. <sighs> Thank I'm you, Jeffrey. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. That. Whitmer, I'm dying on the inside because you're already 2-0 in these things. And I just I trusted the Minnesota Wild. They screwed me over, man. Hey, I had them in my other bracket, so they screwed me over and won. So Because I had them going all the way to the cup finals in that one. Because I still felt whoever won that series is going to the uh, cup finals. Minnesota, you owe me. Actually, theoretically, you owe Sir Wimmer over there of Vladimir Tarasenko surety now. Mm-hmm. This isn't on me. This is on you. Yes, it is. I trusted you. Yes. I had you guys going to the conference finals yeah. for both my brackets. So I blame you guys. Yes. You know, Wimmer there, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko surety. Yeah. And I'll be honest too, uh, just a little back. Uh, actually, before you even get to that, I kind of want to talk our podcast in general, actually. Um, because actually, one thing. Just uh, one thing from last week, because um, if you uh, just look out later this week uh, on our Wimmer Quake Hockey Podcast YouTube page, uh, it's actually just Wimmer Quake Podcast YouTube page. Um, on that page, uh, you will find, because if you remember at the end of our last Underachievers, I tested Jeffrey's knowledge of um, hockey knowledge. So be on the lookout for that. That was a preview for something that we do want to start doing more on these podcasts, a little more kind of fun things here and there. Obviously, we got the bets. You can see by my shirt in the background. Um, I believe I have the Winnipeg Jets winning, and that's one. That's a. <laughs> Anyways, but we're trying. We're trying well, to I don't do want that. To talk about we're trying it. to do more fun things. Uh, hopefully, to uh, we're we'll getting some more uh, fun guests here as well. Because uh, yes. we obviously had Pete Weber on, and obviously I would love to get Pete Weber back on at some point too, because just he's a great guy to talk to. It was a fun interview, so if we could get him back somehow, that'd be great. Quite the personality um, too, as as you were firsthand witness there. Weber. Yes, I was, and I actually do have a que- I did have a question the other day that I think would be an interesting one to ask him, um, just in general, just for him, because I'm just curious yeah. what his answer would be. Um, but. Anyways, back to the podcast itself. Um, so for me, I got really because before we get into because we're going to get to our flyer, finally getting the misery our flyers. Of Philadelphia yes. Flyers. Yes, um, we're doing a season review. It's finally happening, people. It has to happen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You have to ruin your fun before playoff hockey round two starts. Um, but before we get to that, we're just a little kind of update on the playoffs. Maybe give a little preview of the round twos that start in about an hour or so. Uh, with the games tonight, Tampa Bay taking on Florida, the batter of Florida's, and yep. St. Louis taking on Colorado. Yeah, that, that's um, going to be another fun series to watch out for. 
<laughs> and it got very cocky, especially by game seven, because this was the one of the closer ones, and it didn't end up being that way, to me having as close to a perfect first round ever since I started doing these brackets and everything. Yeah. Um, off the top of my head, that I could think of, because usually I have like three or four series wrong. Bracket, actually. Um, no, oh, I no, gotta, I can't see your stupid bracket because, or no, yeah. can I now? I think you, yeah, I think you can now. But because we're officially round two. <laughs> yeah, but I got, I think, what, three series wrong? I got the Dallas series wrong. I got the Pittsburgh series wrong. Um, okay, I can see your bracket finally. Yeah, yeah so you, you did well. Wrong. You, okay, no, so, so we actually both oh, Dallas. went, we, we both actually had the same amount of correct picks because we both picked Florida, Tampa, and Carolina to win. Mm-hmm. Colorado to win. Um, you obviously had St. Louis. I had Minnesota, but then I had Calgary. Yeah, and I had Dallas. And you had Dallas. And then we both had oh, LA. And, and yeah, L- that's the other series. I was forgetting that I lost. Yeah. That's so, what I wrong about. We, so we went two for four Which I'm actually, in the West I'm, and three I'm okay for four with in the, the East. Get being wrong on that one because <clears throat> Connor McDavid finally moves past the first round. I was um, going to say, it's kind of a, a win-win for, for hockey because, and let alone for yeah. us, because for hockey purposes, you had two teams that honestly you're genuinely excited to kind of see back in playoff contention. It would have been great for us because we both had LA winning it. Obviously that didn't happen, but it's better for hockey because when was the last time Edmonton even made the second round? I think it was 20, they beat 2016. No, no, they lost or, to Anaheim. They, whatever. They San Jose. San was Jose it? I, I know it was the California. So, oh, I'm sorry. Team. It was, I think it couldn't have been 2016. It had been 2017 then because 2016, the Sharks went to the cup final. Um, so it's 2017, but then that's when the Ducks came back in incredible yeah. game down three goals with like three minutes left in game. Shouldn't come back all the way because Corey Perry cheated, but what else is now? So, yeah, there you go. But he's it's on the playoffs. A, so, so. Yeah, screw Corey Perry. The good news is, though, um, I would but yeah, say, but it, going back to my bracket because I was doing so well into some of those game sevens because there were a bunch of yeah. uh, toss ups. But I was getting really cocky because I was like, "This is going to be the closest I got to." Yeah, getting them all right, and then it just didn't end up happening. Obviously, because hockey's just kind of unpredictable. Hockey's hockey, yeah, yeah, and it just kind of shows you how even some of these teams are. Just seeing how many game sevens we had in just round one alone. There's five of eight game sevens. That's just yeah. remarkable. The, the, the most obvious series was unfortunately Nashville. It was Colorado beating Nashville in a sweep. Yeah, yeah it was a sweep. Sorry, both, I think we both. I think he actually made a made of head of. Uh, did he have on five or six? And six. I I honestly did think that Nashville could have stolen a game or two. I thought they could steal one. Realistically, I thought, I thought they, they could, could steal one at home just because of their atmosphere exactly. and that kind and of thing. And there was one game that did go to overtime. Yeah, that, that was, was, that was going to be the closest where to being I able to. It, yeah. it, they would have stolen one. So, unfortunately, that didn't happen. But here we are in round two. Like Now uh, they're going to have a more challenging of a, an opponent for Colorado. It's funny because so you mentioned it one time before that this is a series you think St. Louis could win, which is yeah. certainly possible. I, I, well, Someone yeah, else I mentioned that earlier now. That so. they, yeah. 
they someone else mentioned that St. Louis has a better chance this year than I think they did last year. I don't even know if they played them last year. Probably they not. played first round against Colorado, the same team. They did. Oh, I didn't realize that. Then they the Colorado handled them easily, but I think yeah, the Blues may have been missing. That that makes a lot more sense. No, because because so, like a um, oh yeah, they didn't have so, last year in the playoffs. Oh well, no wonder why they handled them with ease. <laughs> they didn't have to worry about goal scoring threats. Yeah, so which they will have to worry um, about this time. But also, just I felt again playoff wise, just the way Craig Brewery's team is, his defensive oriented system, yeah. that their speed and everything, as good as I think Nashville's defense is with uh, Yossi and everything. It's going to be a little more challenged. Yeah. Um, I think your goaltending is probably about the same as it was against Nashville. So the good news That's is, he's for got Colorado, Darcy Kemper probably, is probably going to come back. I, I want to say he's starting. I'd imagine because he didn't even need to start in game four against Nashville, which is great news there. So I gave him also extra had, time. They've had a lot of time off. And, I'm not, and St. Louis, it, that went to six. So that also gave. Kemper extra time just to prepare, but like you mentioned, though they've been off for a very long, a very time. long time. So I could, I'm not putting so, money towards us. I'm not going to Vegas. I'm no. not putting. I'm not betting on it. <laughs> but I see St. Louis winning tonight because oh, they've been off for so long. Even though they're and, and, at and home, that's, that's the, and if you can steal a game, I, this is why I think they could, if they yeah. could steal a game home against Colorado, that'd go a long way. Yeah, because think about it, they're on the road games one and two. They go home three and four. But then, if, like you said, if they win tonight, which I'd say there's a 90% chance they would win tonight. And they had um, a little break, too. They they were in a game seven. They only won six against Minnesota. That's true. But no matter what, the, everyone saw to wait because of the second round. Yes. But this allows guys to get healthy, including the Blues um, defense core, which is a huge advantage for them because they picked up, you know, Nicolay at the deadline. He, he's a little banged up from what I remember seeing. Um, other than that, Everyone's you also already have, nicked up. This happened. The, you also got Krug now. You got it. You're, they're, he's good. Yeah. yeah. I can't. Again, I think Ryan O'Reilly is one of the better two way centers. 100%. You're not going to completely shut down Nathan McKinnon. It's just in, no. in that line. It's just impossible. But even, if you can limit them, then yeah. you're in good money or a yeah. good place. Uh, I am. I am. Vegas, how they'll match up this year compared to last year, though. There's two teams I'm actually interested in because if. Colorado loses again in the second round. I feel like they have to make some kind of change. Whatever that is, I don't know because they can't get past the second round. Because I saw someone say, and I, I made a joke to myself about how it's been since about 12 years since Drew made it past the second round. Well, yeah. Nathan McKinnon's never made it past the second round. So. so there you go. Yeah, true. So here's my question. I actually made a great point. And I'll Colorado. put another team in there too who's been uh, a and the running for a while on paper, Carolina. Oh, I was going to say Toronto, but because uh, they can't get past the first round. Yes, I was like two. I was going to say Carolina because anyway. on paper <clears throat> we've always talked about how great their offense is, but they don't make that deep of playoff runs either. They did, to be fair, to defend that they did make the conference finals against Boston in, during the bubble year, and they lost. But yes, but they still made the they did, yes. conference finals. Just they saying. Did. I'm just saying, unlike Colorado. And obviously, they had some unfortunate, you know, yeah. uh, injuries that kind of derailed their playoffs as well. I was thinking so that's to why I gave them a little bit more today. of a leash. Just but... imagine if Carolina still had Elias Lindholm, because he was originally a Carolina Hurricane. 
him and Noah Hannafin were both, but then they got traded to Calgary for one Dougie Hamilton. So with that being said, yes. But imagine though, if even just one of them was on this team, think of how much better they would be. Yeah, you would think, but that again, it doesn't really matter because they're already a good team to begin with. The question mark is always going to be, and they made that great, even though they they kind of had to go to uh, uh, Ronta. Ronta. I would have gone Ronta right away because Freddie Anderson has historically shown in the playoffs, just especially against and, Boston. Yeah, against, that 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 was my issue. Is even if Anderson was healthy, I would have gone Ronta. Twenty twenty hindsight is a beautiful thing, obviously, but. They got past. That's all that matters. Again, that's all that matters. Now against the New York Rangers, and the Rangers are going to have the Rangers are going to have their hands full too because they got lucky that obviously the Penguins didn't have Crosby. Yeah, and they were with their third string goalie in Louis Domingue. Yeah, and there there is a lot of things that went right towards for, the, the right way to end of this end of the series for exactly. Crosby They're wasn't even medically cleared for game six. He didn't play game six. Well, no, no, I, I know, but um, he, he he was not medically cleared. I, I think like they were he was trying to go play game six, but I, I don't know. It, it, it's weird. That's playoff so. hockey. So those guys are going right. to go out there, but yeah, or unless someone made a tie, but I, I think someone even might have said game seven. Who knows? But again, it's playoff hockey. Um, yeah. I, all right. So, quick update for my bracket. Um, I have uh, so in the West. I had Minnesota facing Colorado. Obviously, that didn't happen. Uh, I had Minnesota winning again. Not going to happen. Then I had Calgary go Jeffrey against LA. That didn't happen. And then I had uh, Minnesota against LA, LA in the conference finals. Yeah. I had Minnesota and LA in the conference finals. L- LA was my uh, team team to beat in the West. They were. Um, in the east of Florida and uh, beating Tampa Bay and Carolina beating New York. Um, I got the one matchup right, Florida and Tampa, and I was half right, Carolina against uh, Pitt, though, is what I had. So uh, but again, like we referenced earlier, we both again, had I Pittsburgh. Thought, and the P- Pittsburgh choked it, let's be honest here. They oh, were up for sure. Three what? Three one? Something three like to that. one. But again, it's kind of a beautiful thing to see Pittsburgh finally have a taste of misery for once. I mean, they, have, they haven't been out in the first round in a couple of years anyways. I think. Well, no, last year they didn't make it out of the first round. Yeah, and I don't think they did in the bubble either. No, because yeah, they uh, lost to Montreal. They lost to Montreal. Oh, I love it. And that was to yeah. get in. That, uh, that wasn't actually playoffs. That was, was to get, get into, into the playoffs. playoffs. That's, so that's technically, right. they didn't make the playoffs. All right. And the Rangers, we'll see again in the bubble. Carolina fucking handled them easily. Dude, Aho just made them just poof. <laughs> he skated right through them, all around them. And and ever since then, Carolina's gotten even better. They added Ethan Bear. They added uh, Marty Majus. So Brady not, Shea. Yeah. Uh, I know he's not the greatest, but he's he's a solid option. Not only that, you had a very outstanding rookie in Seth Jarvis, who is super good. Um, so you got some great options. I would say the only reason New York would beat Carolina 
is if they exploit the goaltending. And even then, because Bronte is not amazing. He's solid. And then, but here's the problem. I would have even more confidence in Carolina going right to the finals if they had Alex Nedeljkovic. But Don Waddell made his dumb mistake, and Stevie Eiserman was a genius by stealing him from Carolina after his rookie season and being a finalist for the Calder. So I blame Don Waddell for the goaltending issues. Yeah. But also, for New York's sake, you got to hope that that you're getting a better showing from Strickland. And maybe yes. any playoff he, jitters. He looks more he comfortable had. games yeah. five through seven. But he's going to have a lot more firepower. A yes. lot more firepower coming at him. Yeah. Um, same time, though, New York is also, they need to worry about Artemi Pernarin. He was invisible the entire series until literally game seven. He made some decent passes here and there, but then he had a nice shot that. I've watched the replay of five, ten times. I cannot see for the life of me how it went in. And clearly neither could um, Jari. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I do have in mind, I, I have uh, Tampa Bay moving on. Um, but I saw their Twitter page post a picture of them on uh, Twitter today of them saying, wish you were here and they're at the beach and I want the, oh. them to get swept by Florida. Florida by so, three tonight. I'll put it this way. And for spite, Obviously, we're rooting for, for Florida of because of post, Drew. In spite of that post, uh, Florida will win 4-1. I like it. I, I don't know what to think of this series. Brandon Point is not playing, by the way. So that's that huge, huge already. That's huge. So I would have Florida winning this one, a huge part of that, again, because Brandon Point is not playing. But their two, do- their two top day. defensemen are also, injur- are also dealing with injuries, too. Mm, Eckblad right. got hurt near the end of that series, and so right. and that same game, so did What's-His-Face that they traded from Montreal. Oh, um, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, wow. Why am I blanking? Yeah, They both played the rest of the game, but yeah. you could tell that uh, yeah, Ekblad, I'm especially hoping. if Ekblad's not healthy, that's going to be a big issue. And you're going to have to have Bob stand on his head even more because as much as firepower as it is to have to go up against Ovechkin and the Capitals, you're going up against Kucherov, so you're going up against Stamkos. Even without going point, against point, whenever he's healthy. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Even without point, there's still a potent team that you have to be careful of. And they're probably not going to be a team where you're going to be okay, like you were against Washington, being able to come back from. Because with Vector Hedman on the blue line, that blue line mm-hmm. they got, and Vasilevsky, one of the best goaltenders in the league, it's not going to happen as easily for you as it did in, against Washington. So you can't right. have your slow 10-minute starts into games like you did against Washington at times. I don't think – if that happens, they're losing the series. Yeah, it's – at I, this – well, then again, what also, what Vasilevsky are you getting? Because he's he, – he 
did not by any means look like his he usual great, Andre yeah. Vasilevsky. And he also got pulled, I think, in the first game or something like that, too. Maybe. I, I don't know. But yeah, um, he, it was, again, there's going to be a lot of firepower in the series. I would not be surprised if it's high scoring, like I thought this yeah. the series before was going to be with Florida and Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just whichever netminder, and I trust Vasilevsky more because his team has been yeah. here more, than they do up Bob. Of course. Because Bobrovsky, realistically, he's he only been in, to the second round. He showed round. up in game six. He did. He did. He made some great he saves. He played, he played great. Especially, uh, there's one key save in overtime to help keep it tied before. Um, and if it wasn't for him in the first period, for, they yeah. w- that game series probably would have gone seven. Yeah. Seven. yeah. It's true. Alrighty, enough playoff talk. Let's talk to non-playoffs. Oh, we have to go sad. Yeah, we gotta go sad time. <laughs> oh no, I'm sad. <laughs> Alrighty, so of course the main part of this uh, podcast is now our Flyers um, season um, in the review. We have our season review, uh, so we're going to talk about, of course, the season overall. Um, you know, I don't even know if there's any. Pros of the season, obviously, a shit ton of cons. Um, then we're going to know cons, all- maybe one good thing, maybe, um, maybe two, well, maybe two. one or two. We'll see. Um, then we'll get to the pre uh, off season preview of contracts, free agency, trade targets, and eventually line combinations. Again, just to look, go- we're going to take a simple look today in terms of those trade contracts later. Yeah. And the offseason, I'm probably going to do a deeper dive into yes. guys we can, you could, I think, could help the Flyers in their home. Yes, absolutely. But first, uh, it is the season preview uh, to recap preview. the Flyers finished fourth to last in uh, the entire league. They ended up with the fifth overall pick because they dropped to one spot because of the New Jersey Devils jumped them and had a second overall pick, which is, um, you know, stupid. Because life uh, and hockey, mm-hmm. but whatever. Yeah, that was, a, gr- that was a great reaction. If you want to check that, our last under or not under two or sorry, went very quick podcast. We uh, kind of went live from when the draft results were going on about a week ago, um, and Jeffrey was none too pleased with the New Jersey Devils moving up. No. I still wish they got only because I wanted to, would have wanted to see a reaction and get a call. Oh, I would. I would have been. I would have loved pissed. it. I would have loved it. I know you would. I would. Even more best, but there are rumors that New Jersey might be wanting to move the pick for a NHL ready now player, similar to the Flyers. And now, and that will bring up another question I might have, um, you know, a little bit further down the road. Uh, anyway, so the Flyers finished 25, 46, and 11 with a career low, essentially 61 points, a uh, franchise low, essentially, it seems like. Uh, just for comparison, just, just to see how bad they were. Bad. Just for comparison, bad, bad, bad. Uh, the Flyers in 2006-2007, not by much. Um, that was their all-time worst season. They were 22-48-12, 56 points. So they have five points better. And that season, which is hard to believe because this seemed horrible. Injuries left and right. Players just didn't. Yeah. Players were awful this year. Guys got injured left and right. Players didn't show up. Their depth showed. 
Elaine Vigneault got fired by December. Your assistant coach also did. Yes. Nothing went right this season for the Flyers. Um, Pretty much from the start of the season. So going into the season, though, I'm not going to lie. I, I had, did have we, I pretty think we high both hopes. had high, pretty high hopes. Just because they, they made trade for some Ryan Ellis. They trade for Ken Atkinson. I didn't love it, but they trade for Rasmus Ristolainen, a big body defenseman who yes. can terrorize opponents. Yes, who right it now, was a great idea. But yeah, and then of course he signed him to your extension. He's actually ironically making money less money next year, but year, only by yeah. like a couple hundred thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. So what the deal? Thanks, Chuck. Um, so they're looking at everything as a whole. <laughs> yeah. This is a miserable, and we, we've had some horrible seasons in, in Philadelphia for hockey, right? But just bring, from the last couple of years you've seen, this is by far the worst I have ever seen. Besides the obviously the 2006 2007 season. Yes. This is because right I was definitely paying attention to the Flyers then. Yes, I, I know you were. Uh-huh. Um, but no, this season was just downright ugly. There was no good, none no, whatsoever. Very little good. Very little. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Because uh, it, um, it pretty much started right during training camp when we. I don't think anyone really thought of it as potentially bad job is about to happen. But for those like first game of the season, I think we were without both Ristolainen and, and Ryan Ellis. Yes. And he was Ristolainen, Kevin Hayes, and, Cause he had just yeah. gotten course. He just gotten surgery exactly. like a couple weeks before, uh, beforehand. Yeah. Ellis was hurt pretty much since training camp had started. And for pretty much the whole year, it went what week to week. Week, yeah, week, it was week when he should have probably just been on long term IR from the whole start. Of the I would say he because he played what four games. He missed the entire preseason. He missed training camp. He played, I think he played like one game in the preseason. I think I don't even think he played any. Uh, but either way, he missed the first few games. I would say he missed the first almost week of the first se- of the part of the season, he and then the he played month. four games. Maybe it was in the first month, yeah. And then he played four games and he got hurt. And no, or, or he, he played a small handful of games, two or three, maybe you know, three minimum. Then, got, I think. then they took him out. And again. I think he came back for one game. One game, left and that then game, he got hurt. And never came back. Yeah. And literally, we had it was against back. Dallas. It was against, there was a very strange occurrence because we had just played yeah. Carolina. I think yep. he might have won that game. I'm not sure. And then that because Kevin Hayes made probably his not. Kevin Hayes made his return the first time yes. from his core. And then yeah. the very next day, out of nowhere, it seems Ryan because it seemed like oh Ryan Ellis is probably still another week away or so from coming back. And the very next day, because it's back to back in Dallas, they both stood it up. Yeah. I'm pretty certain both left the game early. So I'm looking at the stats now. Guess who was the leading scorer for the Flyers without looking it up? Travis Konechny. Oh, no, James James Van Riemsdyk, right? He was the leading goal scorer. Yeah, that's what it but was. But in total points, though, if you had a guess, 
In total points, goals and assists. I would say either Travis Konechny or uh, Atkinson. It was indeed Travis Konechny. Yeah. 16 goals, 36 assists, 52 points. Atkinson, 23 goals, the second best on the team. 27 assists for 50 points, second best on the team. Yeah. Um, The sad thing is, and I mean, it would be nice to have a 60 goal score, but Austin Matthews had more goals alone than the any member of the Flyers did have points. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty much like the stat when you take away all the goals from Wayne Gretzky's Wayne career, Gretzky, and, and he still, still have the, the most points, the most points in NHL. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much that, but with the yeah Flyers points. Total. James Van Riemsdyk, fun fact, was the only Flyer to play all. 82 games. Right, because Farabee was dealing with some injury bucks, too. Farabee played 63. TK oh, yeah, played Co- 79. Probably Atkinson had, was out for a bit. He played 73. Yeah, Probably had a COVID bout. Sanheim played 80. Provorov played 79. Unfortunately, ending his Ironman streak. Yes. So, yeah. Lindblom played 79. Yandel played 77. But again, that speaks to the injury issues. Yes, it does. But even then, because when you thought, oh, well, because in previous seasons of the Flyers, you thought, oh, this team has good depth. But it was never really tested because our depth was like back when we had them. Oh, we have Lawton and Michael Raffle on our fourth line. That's great. Yeah. And now he's gone to Dallas. He was traded to Washington, but in Dallas. I forgot he went to Washington. Yep. Mm. He's in Dallas now. That's where he signed. Yeah. And then yep. he had some top line minutes too, which yes. is fun. Um, and then you have Scott Lawton. You're like, oh, that's that's great. And then yeah. last year, the season before, you go from prior, one of the best fourth lines in probably all of hockey to garbage. Yeah, pretty much. But then in the COVID rattle division change season, you have the emergent. You still have your uh, depth issues, but you see Wade Allison for the first time. Like, oh. This guy or Tanner Lazinski. Oh, this guy. If you know if something happens injury wise, they can come in. But both those guys then got hurt, which then had to test your depth even more. And then it showed you how actually weak your center depth was. And then once you lost Contrier, your season was pretty much done at that point. Yeah, Drew could only do so much as what he could do before he was prior to being traded. Um, but the writing on that wall there was known by January essentially that he was probably going to get dealt. Yeah. It's never great by January, and you know we're not making playoffs. It's not great. Right. Not great to know by my birth date that we should. We are not looking forward to uh, more than eighty-two games. That's that's pretty bad. Yeah. Um. All right. So those are but point totals like and everything. My, what do you think the problem is, though, Jeffrey? What's the, <laughs> what's the problem? I know that wasn't even your probably not even your intention trying to get a money ball quote, but we got a money ball quote. Because that's my thing. I think a lot of the issues the Flyers faced was depth issues that they they realized you didn't really have as good as the depth as you thought. I would say for this past season, depth because um, especially down the middle, down the middle, you definitely saw down down the middle. You did nothing, nothing. Um. Especially Victoria was never 
healthy, it seems like. Uh, yeah. He's obviously had a lot going on, not only on the ice, off but ice too. off yeah. the ice. Um, That's your top two centers right there, not counting Drew. Not counting Drew, exactly. Wayne. He probably played wing most of the time anyway. Yeah. You had Lawton. You, you had Morgan Frost. Frost, he played 55 games, only 16 points this year. Again, not saying that's all on Frost because nothing went right for any player. No, it didn't. The fact that any player put, could put up double-digit goals this year is a miracle because that's how atrocious this was. Yeah. And it's it's weird to me because a lot of the, the comments that players were making at the end of season – uh, press conference like mm. yeah this is the tough toughest season i've ever had to play in or something along those lines of how tough the season was it's like yeah but was it as tough because you weren't winning games or was there shit going like, behind closed doors exactly and, and my something to that to my me, thinking to that is if you're talking coaching and maybe he's gone by december and if you're saying uh, michelle tarian who's had a record of being an asshole he's just kind of just known as Nassau. He's had issues also with gone players by and December. everything. Also gone at the same time. You have thought, oh, the the guy who's been kind of keeping us the, from being able to... The like, issue. Have the, yeah, the issues or whatever. You would have thought, oh, it's better now. It never, I guess at that point, it went never away because they got worse. And, and here's they the thing with that, worse. though. No, it 100% did, which is the hard thing to believe. So, for starters, Mike but Gill also, had not won also kept two their leaders out too. Ten plus losing streaks. Yeah, that's, that's so rough. there's that for starters. On top of that, if you're thinking, oh, they got rid of the coaches by December, that's impossible to turn around. The St. Louis Blues in 2019 were in last place by January. They ended up making playoffs and they won the cup. Now the I understand the, not every the situation the is fired, like that. Peter Laviolette, the Flyers made the playoffs that year. But also, be fair, that was three games in. Still. But, but again, still, it's not impossible to turn things around with a new coach. I think. I thought it was going to happen. They need a new fresh start entirely. I'm glad that they made some changes, but I'm thankful they got rid of Michelle Terry. Even the the sad thing about that is they were still dead last in the power play. Yeah. But I knew that. That's the biggest concern. I knew, going I, I knew in it was going to be bad because power play is running in power play in general. But well, the fact that, that, that he finished in the last place in power play by the end of the season, you well, got to let showed go. You how, it showed you how little firepower you had offensively. That's true. So. Regardless, though, Mike Yo needs to go. I, I'm glad he's not going to be the head coach, but he needs to be gone, period. Yeah. I, I, I guess I just, he's a great. I guess he's a great guy and great coach. That's wonderful. But you need to cut ties with him yeah, overall I just, because I he's house, only had one but, good season here as a coach in general. That was his first year in Philly as an assistant, and even then he was amazing. He was better, but not great. Um, overall, I would say just cut ties with him one thousand percent. I know and your, stop ties, bringing in your guys. ties would be going all the way up to ownership, which at that point I don't care enough because they're just cutting checks and they, they're business yeah. people who just want to make money. So obviously exactly. for them, they're um, going to want you to be in the playoffs because playoffs are going to bring more people right. than you repo. But here's my problem overall though that I have. And this is why, again, nothing's going to make, nothing's going to happen until probably free agency because depending on those drop goes, 
I think they they need to replace Fletcher as soon as possible. It's not going to happen until minimum the freeze and frenzy in July, August, whenever it's supposed to happen now. July 1st. Um, with that being said, though, my problem is Chuck Fletcher is going to keep bringing in former players, former coaches, former staff members he had in Minnesota. Now, I'm, I'm all for if you have you know prior relationships with guys that you know are great people and great workers. That's great. That's fine. But my problem with it is he keeps doing this, and yet you're still seeing the same results and ultimate failure. So that, that's where my biggest problem is with it. Yeah, but you've also, in the same sense, because we can go even further back because the Flyers have been very hot and cold, that it's not been a giant issue just GM because obviously Hextall had these issues too and if you believe him in the sense that he's going to go with the same mindset that he did in the 2019 offseason where it got you Niskanen and everything he didn't do anything too drastic but it was enough to get the Flyers over the edge because yeah. the one thing the fly- and that you can look forward to hopefully is that, that apparently they found whatever issue Ryan Ellis had and somehow surgery isn't in, isn't you know I don't Something even that, know if they de- determine if they still they need did. surgery. They, it's they're not get, they're not doing surgery because they found they found what the close co- from what I've heard I re- remember from that press conference was it sounded like they knew what the issue was. It wasn't something that needed to be surgically done, and they know how how they go about treating it. It now. still blows my mind though, and I don't because they say by like. June or July or something like that, you could go back to working out or stuff like that. It's like, wait, how? Like, how can, because you can't, you can't just say, oh, it's a rest kind of issue. He sat out 78 games. And, and, but again, and, and that's, that's where I had the problem with the, this whole thing. One thing that I did stick out though was Fletcher did say he was going to, I think, reevaluate the medical staff too, which at this point, unfortunately, you got to do it. Well, you got to do that also if when your head medical staff is suing the team, I don't think that relationship too. is really strong. So it might just be best to cut ties there as well. I, I would, I love Jimmy McCross and Sal Rafa. Um, but again, like you said, when it gets to this point, what though, when- it may just be, it's probably mixed. I don't know if it's medical because you can only do so much medically wise. I would also say maybe strength and conditioning is because, you know, what? I, I think that's probably the better way of putting it. Because I would get rid of the strength and conditioning coaches because clearly they're they're not conditioning these guys correctly. Now yeah. I don't know a lick about strength and conditioning, you know. No. So I'm obviously no expert. Not <laughs> hence the underachievers. Take everything we say with a grain of salt. That's exactly that should be our slogan for each podcast. <laughs> Take what we say with a grain of salt. Listen. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so with that being said, though, no matter what. The fact that, for example, Derek Broussard, he came back two, three separate times, and he got injured three to four times this entire season with Philadelphia. The fact that you had a guy come back a couple of different times and injure himself again, not, not even like, oh, 10, 15 games left. It was like a two games later, if that. Yeah, maybe one. It was like, it was kind of like Kevin Hayes. He came back, played a game. Exactly. Gone. Same thing with, but his was he had like an infection with his surgery, which well, uh, makes and, you and, think, and which makes you kind of second guess the people who did the surgery. But 
it's true. But that also, I think that also kind of goes to his healing and everything too. That's on the body as well. So there's, there's a lot to reconsider for this. But the only people I would say, kind of going back to what got us on this tangent in terms of our, our review and everything was the only ones that you could really say had a tough time this season um, was Kevin Hayes for obvious Kevin reasons, because uh, obviously dealing with the loss of his brother so shortly before the season started, and obviously dealing with the injuries he had to deal with. He brought he brought in all his friends. He tried. He really tried. He brought his friends in, but unfortunately, it just didn't work. Yeah. Um, and then Ryan Ellis because he only played four games. Yeah, and he had no idea what was wrong with him really. No. He knew the area. He just didn't know exactly what it was. Everyone yes. else, I don't know what it is. I just think, and I don't, it's not shitting on Drew at all. I would not shit no. on Drew as a captain at all. But there, there's there's no lose. close your slander here ever. The moment no. there is, we're, we're going to find you and just shove your yes. face into a wall because there's were, no such thing as close your You were without two of your veteran leaders in terms of Couturier and Hayes for majority Correct. of the season. That does um, not help. It doesn't. And I think a lot of the young players issues, and I gave a little preview of this too back at least two months ago at this point when I said maybe something a little controversial of thinking Travis connecting may be a bit of a cancer in the locker room, but not so much as like a Tony D'Angelo, Vander Kane. Or kind of, Vander Kane, yeah. Yeah, that kind of asshole kind of thing. I just think because of how his personality is just on the ice, I think a lot of that, just especially when you're doing shit. He's and too much of an emotional player. I will defend Travis Connecting for t- until the end of time. I think I always have and I always will. Yeah. But there comes a time when you're you can established sh- in the league enough where you, sh- you need to know what kind of player you are. I like to go by my three year old. Um, we're past that for him. We're well past. We're that. almost at three seasons of past 30 goals after he put three seasons of 30 goals. If he has another bad season under 20 goals, let's say that's three seasons at least, even though one yeah. was really shortened. That one season was very shortened, but he didn't, didn't play great. Um, but I just still... because of that, obviously, confidence and morale wise, it's going to take a hit because you're not winning games, you're not getting the outcomes you were getting before. And it seemed like whenever there was a turnover or anything bad, he just had this overall feeling like, shit, here it goes again. Here it goes again. And I think a lot of these guys, younger guys especially, have to get out of their own way. I think they get in their heads too much. I think that's what happens with Provorov at times, which is why we see him at spotty. Because, again, confidence is a huge factor. And when you're not getting the outcomes and shit's going the opposite way, it it takes takes a toll. It takes a toll for sure. There's... We mentioned like I mentioned like two potential positives. One positive is you saw potentially some reinforcements to some of the college prospects you signed near the end of the season. Um, Carter Hart, you realized that shortened season um, that it was just a fluke and he mm-hmm. had a bounce back, so you don't really have to worry about him. Even though health wise, I'm a little getting a little not too worrisome, but he did have a little bit of it, some injury issues near the end. But I'm not too worried about Carter Hart. Because he had a bounce back yeah. year, and you had some of the young guys who signed their entry level contracts finally that you could hopefully see develop in the NHL and then or AHL, sorry, and come up to the Flyers eventually. Like I think Adderd is probably going to start out in in the uh, minors. Minors. Yeah. Um, uh, Bobby Brink looked okay. Um, 
like some, some of these guys had their moments. Uh, I think Noah Cates probably looked the best out of those guys. Um, but still, the, there's just a lot of uh, moving processes. And I think it's just a matter of their being young guys and just acclimating themselves to an NHL season, getting mm. just getting more maturity NHL wise. And I think with time, it's going to happen. But they also have to, at times, have to get out of their own ways. Because I think the last two seasons we saw, the young guys especially struggle. I think a lot of that's partially morale, maybe. The other part may just be uh, confidence issues. And again, people are probably going to hate this comparison. But Ben Simmons near the end with the Sixers, he thought and in his mind what he was doing was better for the team because he realized he was not playing well. He yeah. got into his mind too much. And I think a lot of the times maybe Provorov or Konechny, like especially Konechny at times, like why are you passing when you're taking up a golden opportunity right. to shoot? Like it, that's just one of those confidence issues. You're just passing it one too many times. You're uh, being a little too aggressive when you're defending and the guy beats you too easily. You're a step too slow getting to the puck when it's dumped in. Like there's just mm-hmm. little things that hopefully with – Hopefully, better outcomes. I think. I think with new leadership too, that's going to make a huge difference. Help. Because, and I, I, I honestly, there's a bunch of candidates out there. I, I don't know the the exact kind of coach that this team needs, but they clearly, clearly, AV wasn't it. Um, Mike Yo obviously was not it. Uh, but from there, where do you go from here? You know. So, but with that being said, though, um, I want to look at options here um to kind of you know kind of switching topics for a, a bit and looking at the team as a whole mm-hmm. so looking at the cap friendly for philadelphia they're they're kind of lucky because they don't have any major contracts to worry about um they have mainly the biggest contract a, a good mix of rfas and ufas uh, the obvious one that will no longer be to worry about unfortunately uh, Sam Marin, he was forced to retire due to injury, of course. Um, horrible news there, so best of luck at, uh, to Sam. Uh, he had to retire at the only age of 26, so a brutal way to end his career. Um, so that's awful there. Um, Martin Jones, I think, is the easy one. $2 million cap hit. He's good as gone, especially considering the fact the Flyers recently signed uh, draft pick Ivan Fedotov to a one-year $925,000 deal. We're talking um, about a guy who played in the KHL and played yeah. pretty well in the second best hockey league. Uh, he had a t- in 26 games in the KHL last year. He had uh, he had a two goals against exactly two and a 919 save exactly a two goals against average. Yeah. 2.00. Wow. And that's the just KHL, the that's, season the season before same amount of games, 221 goals against, 925 save percentage. Wow. And this guy, so, for the record, uh, was drafted in 2015, too. But it was a seventh-round pick. For but a seventh-round pick. That's, it's also a goalie, so it's going to take some time. Plus, I mean, that seven years, that, that's, that sounds about right for a goalie. Now, here's my thing. Right there, I think that's your duo. That's your backup. Yeah, that's your duo, easily. So so you don't need to worry about goaltending, uh, honestly, mm-hmm. at all. And I'm I don't think you that. have to worry about this point about getting a mentor or anyone for a Carter Hart. No. 
He's no, played he's, enough time. He's had enough NHL experience where he's got on his own. And, and, and that's also where Brian Elliott really did a phenomenal job of help pro, uh, becoming a, a one pro of the many players who are still in the playoffs. X Flyers. <laughs> so I think at this point, it's Carter Hart's time to really say, hey, like I'm, you know, I'm almost a veteran now at this point because he's been here for a couple seasons. Yeah, he's only 20. Uh, which is awesome. Too, so. Um, so with that being said, though, it's I think some, I've at some point you got to take off the training wheels. And I think that's part of the training wheels is yeah. getting a guy like that. And I don't think you really need exactly. it unless not that I wouldn't say no to him unless you want to bring in Flurry because he's like, fuck it, let's go in on. Let's go all in this season. Uh, I think I think he's going to resign in Pittsburgh, to be honest. You think so? You never know. Unless, I, 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 to be fair, in Minnesota, they did recently sign. Um, I always forget his name, but their top pick from like two years ago um, yeah, to an entry level contract. Uh, yes, for something, I think. Uh, haha, I, I was waiting for that. Uh, so, yes, her name I know. Uh, Wall said, Wall said, that's it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was going to say that, but you beat me to it. <laughs> I know who that is. There you go. Uh, anyway, other uh, UFAs, the Flyers will definitely not worry about anymore. Keith Yandel, Ken Continent, or yeah, Nick Keith, Sealer. Keith Yandel is probably done. He, Yandel is going to retire. Sealer and Continent, uh, or Canine, I should say. Um, yeah, but you know, um, you don't need they that. were here for depth purposes, so they're, they're gone. Besides, they're wasting roster spot. Because uh, uh, realistically, the top six next year is going to be Provorov, not in any order. Provorov, Risto, Sanheim, uh, York. I would say that it still gives you the bottom six to worry about. So I would say, oh, obviously Ellis. Um, That's right. Yeah. Oh, so sorry, Provorov, Ellis, Risto, Sanheim, York. And honestly, you have your options. You have Ronnie Adderd, Um You have. I know. I uh, think I have. I think I know who it'll be. The I was going to say other options. You have Wyatt Wiley, Igor Zumbula. Um, I doubt it, but Linus Hogberg, who briefly played a few NHL games for Zen season. I think Hogberg may be that X seventh defenseman comes up every once in a while, kind of defenseman for the Flyers. I can see it. Not many fans are very high on on Hogberg, which I get, but I still want to see what what the guys got. I think okay. it's worth taking a look at them. Uh, if anything, I would kind of argue for Big Z in uh, Igor Zamula. I want to see what he's got. I was and... about to say, uh, Chara? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow, you're already saying, oh, wow, that's a big one. I mean, yeah, he's a little older, literally. but <laughs> I mean, he would help a, a ton. Uh, just in terms I wouldn't of argue. Oh, my God. Imagine him with everything. the wrist in. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> They would crunch guys together into like outer space. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so there's but that. Yeah, the, um, there's no big. Re- the only issue you're going to have next year is you got Fairby, um, and Katuria contracts that are yeah. just going to. Katuria's contract jumps up from. And technically, his contracts jumps up just in terms of it's longer, but. Average annually wise, it is three million dollars left in, yeah. less in Ristolainen. Uh Plus the th- penalty. no three three hundred thousand, not three million. If it was three million, I would be. Oh, I three hundred thousand. There you go. Um, Katori's jumps up three point four mil. Um, you have Ristolainen's drops down three hundred thousand, and then but like then you, you mentioned, you have Joel Faraby, who goes up 
goes from nine hundred twenty-five thousand to five million dollars. Which I would have waited until this offseason to give him that. To be honest, yeah, that would have just been me. I, I don't know. But again, Chuck Fletcher is fine. Yeah. So, not that I, I keep think locking him up. Too. I'm obviously thrilled right. with that, but it's a little I know too early back. for that. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Don't listen to me. All right. Um, forwards wise, uh, Nate Thompson, UFA. Here's my thing. Chuck Fletcher not only traded for him once, but then re-signed him in free agency last offseason. Mm-hmm. To me, Nate Thompson's coming back. Sure, he didn't play majority of the year because of injury, but clearly Chuck Fletcher loves Nate Thompson. That's his kind of player for depth purposes. So, unfortunately, I see him coming back. I don't – he's not my favorite depth person piece. Uh, but, again, this goes back to Fletcher just loving to, loving the idea of signing such trade for former players that he's had at one point in his career as a GM. So, I think he's coming back because Chuck Fletcher. Um, it's not, obviously not going to be expensive. It's going to be nine hundred twenty-five thousand. Yeah, if, if not, it might be going to be another eight hundred thousand, maybe exactly, or even something like that. Exactly. He's thirty-seven. He's not getting more money, <laughs> right? So there's that. Uh, Morgan Frost. Uh, I mentioned this briefly to you. Um, he'll him and Sable will both get extensions, in my opinion. I mean, there are phrase anyway, but still, pardon me. Um, I think a realistic option. Because Frost, again, kind of like Tippett, don't really – haven't seen a whole lot. I mean, you, you've seen more in Philadelphia for Frost. Obviously, Tippett, you just saw bits and pieces. I think he had like seven – he didn't have seven many points. points. He had seven points in like 2021 Four games. goals, three assists. Yeah. Which so, sadly was two, only two goals less than he had in this whole season with Florida. Yikes. Um, again, but, they just have to find a good – coach or someone who can teach him to exactly. harness his because he's got great potential of being a good goal scorer. He just hasn't found that. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh and him and Frost, they look good. And maybe together. that's someone Briere takes under his wing because they're both shorter. Not really Tippett's actually pretty bigger. But they're both but, guys but, uh, that can but take, I, and I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Um I do agree with that. And so for, for Morgan Frost I would give him a bridge deal, absolutely. I'd say two years. Both, I would both give him bridge deals. I, ideally I would like to give Tibbet a bridge deal. Keyword ideally. I would imagine he would, but you never know with Fletcher. I'd say two years for one nil to... for um for Frost. Um for Tippett. Two, maybe three years, but something tells me they're going to give him almost about 1.3, 1.5. I don't know why. That just sticks out to me that I think that they'll give Tibbet a little bit more money. I, can um, I could be wrong, but that's just my opinion. Two, two, but two years, one, one half mil. Either way, ideally. I don't think either one is going to be a lot. It, it's of not going to be a lot, which is good news. Um, and that's then the that's good thing it. about the flight. So, so that's the good news is with this year, you don't have anyone to worry about. You got a couple uh, now, guys in your uh, AHL system, but again, they're not going to cost you anything. No, so you don't really um, worry about them. So three guys, actually, there's a couple guys that theoretically could try to push. And because I, I don't think anyone's job is safe going into training camp next year. My job's safe. I, about. <laughs> I, I would hope so. Um, but so if I'm a younger player, you have Wade Allison, Tanner Lozinski, Jackson Cates, Isaac Ratcliffe, 
Hayden Hodgkin, Hodgson, uh, even, uh, and Hogberg, they've all played NHL minutes at some point this year. Even Max, Maxim uh, Shushko, they've all played NHL minutes. So uh, obviously Shushko is not going to be on the team. You never know, though, because the only way they would ever, he would ever be on the team next year opening night is a fourth line spot. No offense to him, but yeah, and that's a stretch. Yeah, but that, um, that's going to be Chilizinski. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So my ideal and kind of going to, and we'll go over the um, uh, line combinations in a bit, just because um, you know there's free agency out there, there's potential trade targets. Uh, free agency wise, as you mentioned, Mike, there's not a whole lot out there. There's because um, the Flyers need centers, and I think we should go into this with the assumption that Jury will not be back. I would like him back, but again, even then, so he would be on the wing, if anything, probably. Um, with that being said, we should probably go into this with the assumption that Giroux will not be back. You can do that. Um, so for me, if we're looking at the lines that the Flyers threw out there last year, which were, you know, very Dreadful. good. Very good. Um, also, it's very sad when I was very close to my prediction of only three games you've won after you traded Claude Drew. That's sad. You should be able to win more than three games. And you did. It was only like five, but you did. <laughs> In 20 games, I would hope you would be able to. I would hope so. Especially yeah. when you are, you've had some playoff teams you had to play in there, but there are some bad teams that you probably should have beaten. Some teams that fought, finished <sighs> below you beat you. Um, so anyways, so the, the way they ended the season, James and Reeves take Kevin Hayes, Travis Konecki, line one, second line, Noah Cates, Scott Lawton, Bobby Brink, third line, Joel Farabee, Morgan Frost, Owen Tippett, fourth line, Oscar Lindblom, Nate Thompson, and Zach McEwen. And then you have Provera with Adderd, uh, Hogberg with Sandheim and Yandel, I think with Zimula somehow. So yeah, that's what it was. That's that was the thing. And everything for you. Uh, all right. So going into it next year, this is without making any moves. Obviously, they're going to make moves, but this is what it would look like: replacing some p- players here and there in the lineup, including the injured players. I don't know who would take over that top winger spot, but for example, JVR Coots and Konechny. It's not my favorite line at all, but I don't know who else would realistically go on. Oh, Doug, probably. Um, I don't even have them in here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Farabee. I don't even know how I miss them. Farabee, Coots, oh, and Tika. I, I was like, I know I'm missing someone. Farabee, Coots, and Tika. That's better. Um, Limblom, Hayes, and Tippett. Walton, Frost, and Brink. Kate, Lazinski. And I guess I'll send McEwen. My prediction is they're going to find a way to get rid of JBR's contract. $7 million, and that hurts for a lot. Left. For one year left, I think they'll be able to find the right to it. Probably Arizona, probably Seattle. But again, Flyers are... I, I think they'll they'll definitely give up a couple picks to give up or the whole thing, or... I would. T- uh, eat maybe 30 40%, because... Yep. With that being said, though, it's only for the remainder of the year. So that's kind of worth doing to eat some salary. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. That's the hope. 
Yeah, it's on paper. It's not going to be a great Flyers team if they make no. But, but again, little, this is a, yeah. This yeah is, th- th- again, this is just assuming that. Yeah. As of right now, with um, no moves, but then that's why I want to look at free agency. But yeah, before but, we do that, though, I want to see what your your lines are and how similar or different they would be compared to what I mentioned. So, my first line would probably be Couturier, Farabee, and Lindblom. I, I like that idea, though, because I think Lindblom would benefit extremely from that. And again, we know he's talented. He's, again, just building up strength left and right. Um, yeah. Mean, mean, mean. So, <laughs> uh, the second line I would put Hayes, JVR. Let's go crazy. Let's go, uh, Noah Cates. Oh, I like that. Hey, to be fair, Cates ended the season pretty dang good. Yeah, he did. Uh, um, third line, and this is, and I'll get to my thinking of this too in a second. Yeah, uh, uh, looking at third the stats line, real quick though for uh, Noah Cates, nine points in sixteen games, five goals. So that's not nothing. Nope. Uh, third line, I'd go Lots, TK, and JVR. Wait, was JVR on your second line or your third? Or both. Oh, here's on my second line. Sorry, Brent okay. is probably just like those two Thompsons. No, there is. Actually, it may even go even crazier. Oh God, e- Frost. Yeah, you know Frost the, uh, got even in his post conference. He felt going forward, he's probably going to be a center. Um, but and, and, I would still, I would try that kind of thing. Fourth line, this is where it's going to get fun. Um, McEwen, obviously, because yeah. I like McEwen. Um, Lazinski. Lazinski. And um, Wade Allison. Ooh. See, now, now we're talking. But my issue with Allison right now, he can't stay healthy. Even in the minors, he's not nope. been able to stay healthy. He's, just... he's going to be a good player, but mm-hmm. he's got to stay healthy. That's his main issue right now. Yeah. D, I think it's a little easier. Obviously, Proroff, Ellis, if he's healthy, uh, Sandheim and Risto. Sandheim and Risto were actually, they were actually one a decent to actually pair. end the season. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm all right with that. Before Risto then, got hurt. Yes. Yes. And then York. Third line, York and. Who would you say? I'm curious about this because I, I I like Adder, but I don't think he's quite there yet. Oh, Plus, there's... fuck! I'm an idiot. What? I am an idiot. Why? Forget about him. My whole thing has to change. Sorry, Brink, you're out. Everyone moves down one because Atkinson's on my first line. Oh my god! I'm so sorry, dude. I, I just looked. I just scrolled down to the fa- the daily oh Facebook page God. and saw IRS, I and I completely forgot about Cam. I completely oh forgot about Cam. God. I am so okay. sorry, Cam. I am Cam, so I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, buddy. Okay, I'm sorry, so Bobby that changes Brink, but you will have to me see, you would have to actually sit at that. Point. Oh my God, that changes so much for me too. Okay, so I'm sorry. Actually, so no. everyone. So uh, I think, unfortunately, McEwen comes out of the lineup because of this. 
Tippett, Frost, and Walton. And then you have Lindblom, Hayes, and Atkinson on my – you know what? You know what? Let, let's do this one better. I like your idea on Konechny dropping down a line because – I'll get to my thinking there in a second. Yeah. Too, people, that, sorry. If, so Atkinson, Couturier, Farabee. Atkinson, Couturier, Farabee. I like that as a top line. TK, Hayes, Lindblom, Lawton, Frost, Tippett, Kate Lazinski, Brink. Again, this is temporarily – because we're assuming, as of no, right now, just, just just before they make right any now, moves, yes. this is what it would look like right now with everyone how the on their current roster. Yes. Even excluding a, the fifth overall pick, if they use that pick, mm-hmm. I think they will. But again, we we have to wait to see what they even do with it. But I'd probably so, say I think it's going to be a battle oh for that last spot. But I would probably say Zamola. Thank you for reminding me about my boy Cam Atkinson. Yeah, Cam, I'm again, so I'm sorry, so Cam. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, dude, I'm so sorry. We literally just talked about him like 20 minutes ago. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Like, Cam. I was like, I was like, I someone's someone's missing. I and the first time I was active thing was on defense, but no, it was on offense. Yeah. Anyway, back but my to thinking what, for Konechny is obviously he's because as I mentioned at least 10 minutes ago at this point about Konecti and his confidence potential issues there. Yeah. I think one way to get it back is actually playing him deeper in your lineup. Yeah. Um, for two reasons. One, you can potentially get more depth scoring that way. Um, and two, matchup-wise, if you care about that um, and seeing how the NHL has changed and teams care more about their depth, I would want him to earn his ice time back. And I say that even though he led the team in points, which is impressive, as terribly as that is to say for that to lead your team in points, sorry, it just is. Um, the goals is the issue. Only putting up 16 is not is not going to do it. One way to do it, I think, is to have him go up against lesser opponents. If you're thinking units at a whole, as a whole, third pair, third line and third pairs should, I think, open up connecting to potentially more options. Op- options or opportunities for him to uh, produce. So that's yeah. why I would put him there and earn and his ice time back. I like the idea of connecting. I would, top I, nine again, still. I would be tough love. I'd be tough love with uh, connecting there a little bit. I like as, not saying, here's the problem though with me is as much as I genuinely love Travis connecting and I don't want him to go. I really think Chuck Fletcher is going to try his best to move him this offseason. Again, they told him a couple of years ago they almost moved him. So something tells me I still don't one hundred percent believe that, but you never know. I, I who knows anymore. My problem with it, though, I think Konechny is going to go to a team like LA, maybe even Edmonton. You never know. Um, wow, you just completely missed my trade. I've been talking about this for months. He's going to Vancouver. Come on. I know. Going to Vancouver. It's uh, happening. Hi, Elias Pedersen. Yes. Orange and black. It's going to look great. Again, I will go and I'll, gonna, I'll explain like my Adam thinking Morrison of this. Taylor Holt trade. <laughs> I want to put it past him. Well, to be he fair, also Jim put Benning is no longer in Vancouver, so they can't um, really get that done. Can they? Also... He put up 30 goals this season. Elias Pedersen, over 30 goals. 
Fires had no, no one cl- really close to that. JBR was the closest, and he only had, what, like 24 goals? Yeah. Which is um, crazy because JVR is again quietly having a decent season. He does that. But for in order um, for to JVR to have a good season like that, he has to have good line mates and consistent yes. line mates that will find him open in his office. Was Patterson. Johnny Hunt. And that's why and because of Kateri's last two Bill seasons Porter. having last two seasons having injury issues, I think it's very key to get someone who has the potential to take number one ice. Uh, being a number one centerman. Yeah. Uh, Not that Kevin Hayes couldn't do that because he had to do that near the end of the season, especially Mm -hmm. when he wasn't completely 100%. But just take some of that pressure off in case he gets hurt again. So let's get a free agency. (laughs) Center-wise, there's not not going to be much there. Not great. Again, assuming Claude Giroux does not come back to the Philadelphia Flyers, here are the available centers potentially. Actually, before we can get to that, would you bring back as a depth center or winger? Would you bring back Broussard? I actually, I would consider it. I would consider it because he knows the guys. You know, they they mesh. They mesh well. And again, before he got hurt the first time, he played great. Even after, even after he came back, he still played pretty well up until he got traded. That's why he was able to get traded because. He exactly. played well enough. To he played well. And I, I had no issue with think Derek Rashard. Ha- I actually genuinely like Derek Rashard as a yeah. depth option. You want to I have no issue with or that. center. He can do either. I prefer him way more than Nate Thompson and yeah. a couple other guys that you would probably see. Yeah, I would too. Um, other I centers don't want in general. Just gonna let that out. There. I would. No thanks. Um, here's an interesting one. He's set to be a UFA this year. I know that'd be very strange, but it's going to be like if we got Yager back a couple years ago. Be very strange, but a couple years ago, more like ten years ago. Uh, With that being said, though, um, here's an interesting guy that we've talked about before. I like the idea of him going to Philly. We'll see how it plays out, but Max Domi. As a bottom yeah, as six option. Yeah. And you saw what he could do in game seven when it comes down yeah. to it. When you need, because game sevens are always, it's a guy who you don't really expect to. It was funny because I, I almost tweeted this out. I really wish I did. But bef- like right as game seven was about to start for the Hurricanes. And people forget Bruins. Max Domi was actually still a good player. I don't know why he's gotten this rap all of a sudden that he's not it's, that great of a player. I know he's got he's a some- good player. He takes a bad rap, mainly because, especially Columbus, because he got traded one for Josh Anderson, and who was doing phenomenal in Montreal. What's so it? that's a huge reason why I'm there. Um, another guy, yeah, exactly. Another guy I have in mind. He is an RFA, but then we can talk good. about this. We can talk about it more when we talk trades. But exactly. Who's the but person? again, Pierre Luc Dubois. He's an RFA. I, you know how much I love Dubois. I do. I, do. I, think, I think he, he would be about him a couple of seasons ago when he was when there was the rumors of him coming out of uh, Columbus. Correct. What do you think I about think Benson he would be Trocher? genuinely a phenomenal option right now. Five million dollar cap hit. Um, I, I think he's a good option. Now I don't know what Winnipeg's offseason is going to look like at all. I don't know what the cat situation is going to look like. I just think that's going to be a good 
good option for Philadelphia. But again, in, and hey, they have previous experience trading for RFAs and Kevin Hayes. Um, long-term IR use for uh, Winnipeg, 5.4 mil. Um, they got resigned to Bob. So Stasny, he's, they're going to let me go. He's 36, 3.75 mil cap it. Zach Sanford, 2 mil cap it there. A bunch of guys on RFA and UFA stats there. And then... Um, yeah, Derek Stepan's a free agent too. Uh, he was another guy. I said, "Hey, why not?" A couple years ago, before he signed with the Kings, I think. Um, so there's that. Another center in general. Again, no this, is, this is what I would do. Turn because obviously looking at some of these centers that could be potentially available uh, free agent wise, depth center wise. I think some of these guys, free agency wise, you could maybe argue that could be good uh, fits there. Like, like we just mentioned with uh, fuck, what's his name? Oh, I'm Dubois? so sorry. Yeah, no, <laughs> not the Bo- not the Bois. I don't know. <laughs> um, fuck, I'm dumb. <laughs> I suck. I Is he a current flyer or no? No, he's no, not obviously current. not. He's, he's not. not a, he's not even a flyer. What, what team is he on? Literally just mentioned his name. God damn it, Domi. Yeah, Domi. He would be a good depth player. Yeah. I think. Um, uh, I just had him. Derek Stepan could be a good depth yes, player. Yes, I would love Stepan. Another uh, crazy honestly, idea. What do you think of Cedric Paquette? I know he hasn't really. I like Paquette. I've always liked him as a depth piece, especially when Tampa dropped him several years ago. I've he never been had the same since leaving. He, he certainly, like you said, he certainly has never been since then. But I mean, obviously, I don't blame him because you go from Tampa Bay to Montreal to yeah. Carolina, from, I think. To, yeah, he went from uh, to Ottawa to Carolina and then this past season with Montreal. Only 24 yes. games, though. So he must have had been uh, dealing with injuries, though. Or, yeah, he wasn't even in the eight. No, no, he was in the AHL for 14 games, put up 10 goals or 10 points, nine, nine goals, one assist. Um, he could be a dominant rough kind of player, maybe. Yeah. Kind of like, like what's his face in Florida, whose game's about to start, uh, kick off soon. You mean Carter for Hagee? Yes, for Hagee. Fun fact he was a former draft pick by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Good job, Toronto. Yep. Um, another guy, real quick. He's a, another RFA, but Grammy getting decent contract extension. I would thousand percent trade for his rates, and I know you would too, Luke Cunning. Yeah, what depth move wise? He wouldn't cost you anything either. I don't think it would probably just cost you like maybe a mid round pick. I would say a third, if not a fourth. Yeah, because he hasn't really proven too terribly. He much. hasn't. Ever since leaving Minnesota, think, but, Nashville hasn't been an amazing friend. But again, really John Hines is the Minnesota coach either. there, yeah. so of course he's not going to do anything there. I've also been so, very yeah, vocal. I, I would check in on Luke uh, Conan. Yeah. Uh, but those are just a couple free agent-wise. Yeah. Uh, just in terms of what you're looking at uh, center-wise. Because um, obviously if you're thinking their thought process of um, top end guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're obviously going to think more of Johnny Hockey, who is a free agent, or Philip Forsberg, also a free agent. 
Uh, but he's gonna. I think Fullersburg played his last game in Nashville. The way he skated after the Predators got swept by Colorado, he took a very long look in the crowd and admired it way too long. That tells me he knows he's gone. Yeah. Or even if Nashville offers him something, I think he's already has his mindset on. You think he's gonna test the market? Yeah. But he's gonna get. I think he's gonna get more money thrown towards him than Johnny Hockey. Johnny Gaudreau, I think, could get eight to nine mil, depending on where he goes, and Forsberg, nine and a half, ten mil. I know that's a huge asking price. That's a huge asking price. I would think I would still say it's probably the other way around because I don't think Philip Forsberg has put up a hundred goals, hundred point season yet. This and is this is fair. Johnny Gaudreau has done doing one and one where he's very close when he got ninety nine points. Yeah. I, I again, you never know. You never, I, no, I, you don't. I, I, and yeah. seeing how much teams play for the defenseman, like Seth Jones, who was probably already kind of, you know, wish he didn't give him that big of a contract, or yeah. Sergei Bobrovsky, it's uh, free agency. It's weird. People overpay. But again, um, that's what I'm saying. Why I think yeah. they yeah. would. Um, but changing yeah. it over a little bit to trades, because you mentioned Pierre Luc Dubois, who I think would be a good. Uh, option of my irrational thinking of Elias Patterson does not work. He would be my number one person to look out for if you're looking for center. Just because mm-hmm. looking, because if you really think about it, and this is why I've been very interested in this, because look at the past both Vancouver and Vancouver was a little closer to making the playoffs, but they still missed it. The Flyers, both since the playoffs, both since they won a the playoff round, haven't had much. Obviously, the one season, COVID ravaged Vancouver hard, but they still played. were one of the worst teams. And then this past season still wasn't much better, and it doesn't sound too far-fetched of them trading away Elias Pedersen. So if you hear that, if I'm Chuck Fletcher and I hear that, and if you need a center, I know you just gave Couturier a big contract. I'm not saying trade Couturier for him um, because I think they probably say no, but... If you, because I am, I'm a little worried because this injury is injuries are coming back, but I would, he's the best center out there you could potentially get right now is Elias Pedersen. 100,000%. As good as Pierre Luc Dubois is, as good as some of the other guys we can mention. My my big time preference would be Pedersen because he's younger. Yeah, he's only 23. Uh, Yeah, no, he's by far younger because Dubois. Or not by far, but DeBall was drafted twenty. DeBall's twenty four, sixteen. So, but still, either a year, but still, they're yeah, both so they're both under twenty five. But I, my preference, Elias Pedersen by far. Mm-hmm. He's the much more dominant player. DeBall, he's, he's good. already proven that he could be a captain at some point too. He can lead your team. He's put up thirty goals, so he can do it. He can put up points. He would be an automatic fan favorite just by the fact that he can put up thirty and goals. My point is earlier, he would sell not only get people in the seats, but your jersey sales will go up. Yes, and other than people who know hockey and maybe know that draft because we drafted Noel Patrick and he was drafted a couple picks after was uh, Mr. Elias Patterson, but nobody wouldn't really know who he is. That's the only thing. But once you see him play, what you see what he can do, and once you see a one-two combo of Couturier and sorry, three combo, Couturier, Couturier, Pedersen, Hayes. yeah, 
I'm not gonna lie. Which then makes if you also think you could put Lawton honestly Morgan Frost your fourth line center. Yeah. Because I think Lawton at this point, you need him as a winger because he exceeds as a winger. He does. But, but here's way. my thing. One last point about this. For Elias Pettersson, if you get him here to Philadelphia, think about the marketing you could have when it comes to playoff time. Because think about it. The NHL does a horrible job with Connor McDavid, the greatest player to know to mankind right now. The fact that he, because he's Edmonton, they can't do anything. Philadelphia even just gets in the playoffs. They're going to market the hell out of Elias Pettersson. Also, and, it's, also, it's a big market, Philadelphia. And say, I mean, so is Edmonton, but yet they're struggling there. But Philadelphia mean, would know how to market it. You mean Vancouver? Right. Well, no, 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 no. I'm saying for Edmonton for McDavid. Uh, I'm sorry. Because for whatever reason, they can't market him at all. But um, but for Philadelphia, if they get Pedersen, for example. Have, in terms of watching like ESPN and doing that, I've definitely heard his name come up more. It's coming up more because, years. yeah. Exactly, because they're doing better because they realize, oh, this guy yeah. McDavid is actually kind of good. Also, it's weird not to go back and completely change the subject, but it does appear that the audience is getting bigger on at least in Turner uh, for TNT and TBS in terms of that. Like I think it was after like the first game, they had an uptick of pretty much everything. Yeah, that's relevant. So they're doing a better job than NBC did. In terms of broadcasting Ever, these which games. Which is unreal. So yeah. there you go. Obviously, these games and series helps there. But anyway, back yeah. to the Flyers. Um, he is obviously my number one target. And I've been mentioning this for at least two months now. Uh, ever since much and I talked about it. And I've been grasping on it ever since. Um, yeah. Pierre Lick the Ball is another one similar to, Eli- to Elias Pedersen. And the fact that he's only 24. So if you trade for him, it's not going to cost you as much. He's probably not going to cost you as much contract-wise either. Since he's the RFA. Um, he can lead your number one uh, line like he did in uh, Columbus, like he did in Columbus. He's got playoff experience, and you could go either way. If you want to rebuild, he's young enough where you're okay with it. Got a number one center, future number two right now. Right, not right now, number two, future number one. You still got that option too. Um, so that's why you do that, just because he's a cheaper option. Another one that you mentioned from Calgary, actually, because Calgary is going to have to make some hard choices this offseason. Very hard choices. Because um, both Matthew Kachuk is an RFA and Johnny Hockey is a UFA. So they're going to have to try to find some money out there. So one thing you thought was maybe they may try getting rid of Sean Monahan. Hey, I know Sean Monahan is not the player he once was, but I would take him as a as a centerpiece in a heartbeat. It, it depends on the price because they're more than likely going to buy him out too. That's yeah. it. Hopefully, keep Johnny Hockey with Matthew Kachuk. Because don't get me wrong, Kachuk is an extremely good young player. He'd be a great number three center too. By the way, he would. He would. Uh, but obviously, that helps having Johnny Hockey on the, on your line too. Um, but for going back to Monahan though, um, for Sean Monahan. The crazy thing was he was a pretty high pick in the 2013 NHL draft. Um, he was good. He still is good. And he's pretty young from what I remember. Still. He's 27. That's a good age to that's, be at. Uh, that's about prime. That, that's that's prime right um, now. I think he's, I, he's I, I been think, dealing I think with he's, injury issues the last couple of seasons. That so that's why I can say why he's had 
Uh, Not only that, I know he doesn't have the greatest contract right now. So with that being said, though, six for mil. the right, yeah. yeah, I would have if I'm that I'm having them potentially eat some of that if I want that contract. I was going to say if big if Calgary buys him out, I'm offering him a two by two, two years, two mil, if not even two and a half mil, decent salary for a pretty decent piece in depth that could help or, the top nine, or maybe you do similar. Not as much as Taylor Hall did, but maybe you give him a year, say, hey, let's see if you can bounce back to this, and they will come back to it and maybe give you a bigger contract, let's say three years, something like that. Let's say start off with a year. Obviously, he's not getting And maybe he'll be like, maybe it'll be like Kevin Shattenkirk, where it's diamond. Here's my thing. Would you, if if he would agree to a year to Philadelphia, if the Calgary Flames buy him out, would you say one year, four mil? Or is that asking too much? It's, it's, I don't think so. It's better. Than the six metal, but it, sounds like, it gives it him a decent like, amount still. It does. It gives him enough to want to still think come about here. it. Yeah, to think about exactly. it. Um, he'll get recognized more, I think, in terms of coming to Philadelphia versus Calgary. Not that Calgary yeah. isn't a good sports market or anything. No. Um, I just think he's got. He would have a better potential. It'd be a harder shot just because the guys he's playing with may not be as as good as maybe he was playing with in Calgary. You know what the funny thing was that there? I could almost see happening? Not only would Calgary buy out Sean Monahan, but imagine if Gajero does walk and both come to Philadelphia. Again, I, that's going to be very tough contract-wise. It, it, it would make be it very fit tough. under your co- the cap and everything. But, but, but in, with that happening, that's when Monahan, I would say, hey, we're offering you two mil instead of four mil kind of thing. Right. Uh, again, it's going to be very difficult. But again, none of this happens without, I think, Fletcher finding a way to get rid of JMVR. I agree. That that would be the one thing. So get seven mil right away. That's the only thing holding him back from having a good offseason, I would say, because he needs flexibility. Yeah. And this is just a super, not superstar, but someone that was mentioned last year, obviously around this time, but Tarasenko. Obviously, you could think maybe him. I was thinking him um, too earlier. Obviously, it doesn't, the only fit, it doesn't help is, your center issue. No, it helps the wing greatly. It helps the wing and helps you get more goals. Um, here's my thing that, for Tarasenko. Um, he did apparently say he wants to stay in St. Louis. We'll see. Um, I'm still kind of hopeful that the right offer could pry him away from St. Louis and obviously yeah. the Blues. Uh, from he also, for the record, actually. What you could do, because both he and JVR would be on one year left on his contract. Swap his them. contract's only five hundred thousand more than JVR's. Really? Could, yes, it is. So here's a crazy idea. Obviously, Tarasenko is a much better player. He's, Would it be crazy to do James and Ramsdale and a third or fourth round pick for Vladimir Tarasenko? I'd do that. And I would do that in RP. There'd be a headache for uh, St. Louis too, because. After this season, next season, you also have O'Reilly, who's a UFA, plus Tarasenko. Yeah. But that's a very futurish problem for sure. So that's all I got right there on, on that front. Uh, again, this is going to be a very long offseason, I feel like, um, starting with yeah, and the I, draft. I, and I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, too. I was going to go deeper in terms of these trades and just what I would potentially see or maybe even bring in more people who I think could realistically be a fit for the Flyers. Mm. Um, 
know, this is definitely yeah. not the season anyone has wanted for the Flyers. Not even um, close. No, not even close. Uh, I'm glad it's over finally. And truthfully, I just hope the playoffs it get felt done like earlier. It was never going to end. And when you're not in the playoffs, you just kind of hope that one hope Drew G goes far enough and hopefully gets a ring. Exactly. Zero um, zero. Not, by the way, first period um, between the Tampa Bay Lightning and Ford Panthers. Yeah. Five minutes in. Yeah. Or you just hope the playoffs go by quickly so you can just quicker, just faster to the offseason so you can. Honestly, fit. I'm excited for the draft. I really want to see what flyers do and again the last thing we'll say repeat repeating myself but oh here jeffrey yeah depending on how this draft goes for chuck flat chuck fletcher chuck this Fletch. could be the last thing he does as the gm for the philadelphia flyers something tells me he's going to take the wrong guy and that's going to be his last move something after the draft he'll get canned and then in comes else. danny briere to the rescue by free agency, he'll work his magic and take it from there. Yes. Uh, with that, uh, we are officially done with the season, uh, kind of. In terms of talking about the Flyers, obviously, I think we'll probably bring them up Thank again God. in terms of offseason moves and everything. But yes. we can finally put it to a wrap. We finally got through it, Jeffrey. We got through our pain and misery of the season and got through the review. Uh, and with that, hopefully next week we're all back for Underachievers Wise to finally celebrate our 100th episode. Um, and until the next time, Jeff and I talk hockey, we will see ya.